When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the Cardiff City podcast associated with Giovanni's Restaurants. My name is Glenn Williams and I'm joined by Nathan Blake and Paul Vandenato. Gents, how are we doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Paul, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, good. So today we're going to be talking about the draw at Birmingham last weekend. Uh, we're going to delve into some transfer news as well. Um, then we'll be previewing the FA Cup game of the weekend in West Brom before we come into your Ask Blakey questions and predictions. A lot of Ask Blakey today, so uh, we're going to try and rattle through and get get through as many of those as we can. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. First of all, though... No uh, pressure, then, Gino. Pop in man, Blakey. Uh, no pressure, no pressure. Always. The fans want answers from you, Blakey. They want answers. <laughs> you want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Do you know that film? Yeah, of course I know that. Few Good Men. Few Good Men. Very good. Really? Um, first of all, though, chaps, obviously we've got to come on to, uh, on to yesterday, the one-year anniversary of uh, Emiliano Salas' death. What, what do you remember from, from that day a year ago, Blakey? Uh, just a shock, I think. I think it's still... Um, I think it's it's easy to get on with life and and you know sort of it go into your subconscious sort of thing. But then I was reading yesterday uh, a piece that his his mum and brother had done, and uh, then it just brings it back home the reality uh, of whilst we're carrying on with our lives, watching football, talking about games and what have you. His, uh, his mum, his sister, his brother, his family, they're still suffering the consequence of his loss. Uh, and also, you've got to say the Ibbotson family also as well. You know, even worse for them because they, they, his body hasn't been recovered yet. So, you know, as usual, we just, you know, pay our respects to the moment and the man. Or men, should I say. And, uh, and Paul, yourself, you're on... Um must be the the most difficult story you've covered, is it, in your your journalistic career? Well, certainly one of them. Um, I remember getting that call. I think it was on a Tuesday morning. It may have been a Monday morning. I remember getting the call, and well, actually, I was up early. I remember having several missed calls on the phone very early in the morning. So realised something was, and then when I was told what the thought, what the fear was, I just. Just can't believe it, you know. And of course, it just all emanated from there. I mean, the, you know, there's still an ongoing dispute, obviously, about the transfer fee. Um, it shouldn't happen, that should it? But but I, there is. I just think that 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 money has become that that is like the money is more important than life. There should be some sort of shouldn't need FIFA to sort that problem out. The two should come together and and resolve that issue. And you know, Cardiff can't get away from the fact, and Cardiff's my club. You know, but they can't get away from the fact that he had signed. You know what I mean? So, you know, I just think, 
you know, it, it leaves a really, really bad taste uh, to see people rowing and arguing when two people's lives have been lost so so tragically and so avoidable. That's the, the saddest thing for me. I think one of my memories, Glenn, is shortly afterwards, Cardiff went down to Southampton and, and won completely against the odds. I remember being in the press box way after the final whistle um, and to my right were something like 2,000 Bluebirds fans, you know, singing the Salah song. Mm. I remember sort of recording it and putting it on social media and I had so many shares and likes, you know, it was a really emotional moment, I thought. Mm. Um, and I don't think Neil Warnock ever recovered from it. No, no, I don't think so either. And I think he's he's said as much in uh, an interview since. But um, touching tributes yesterday from from Cardiff fans, Nantes fans, and and football fans around the world. Well, so. Let's hope they recognise it at the I think it's the West Brom game, is it the next home game? Yeah, yeah. Let's hope Cardiff do something, and they should do something year on year. It's, it's you know, it's uh, you know, it's not what you deem normal circumstances. So he should be remembered by Cardiff City year on year in year out. Thoughts go out to obviously family and friends from this podcast. Uh, we move on to, to some footballing matters. Um, Blakey, you were there at St Andrews with me on Saturday. And it wasn't Har- me, it was another name. Like, <laughs> he was my brother, my twin. I just. <laughs> I didn't see it. And my memory of that is at half time, you walked past me and you gave an almost exasperated look, which we have given each other. Quite a lot of half time this yeah, season, didn't we? Yeah. That first half, that well, first four minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. Just complete lapse of concentration. Jude Bellingham just taps in from was it three yards out? Uh, yeah, and it was a poor corner. Yeah, well, Jazz uh, Richards missed Jazz it. Richards post. missed it. Someone else missed it behind him. Um, yeah, it's gone past middies, and then the lad just—I think he's backed into might be Morrison or someone on the line and just just swept it home. But. Um, if you're talking about the first half of the game, right? So, this has been this has been all season, mm-hmm. basically. You know, two thousand travelling fans, roughly. Yeah, just over, I think. Right, ready to go nuts, right? They were, you could feel it in the air, right? They were for the game. They were, I don't know. They don't have to sing for you to get the vibe off them, right? But they were upbeat and they were expecting, you know, good things. And then uh, the performance in the first half. I just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how this problem just keeps reoccurring, reoccurring, reoccurring. I think the problem is Cardiff have not defined how they're going to play. No, they're caught in the transition. Right, they're totally caught in transition. Mm-hmm. Right, they're caught in the middle. Now, for me, the manager has got to be braver and say, right, you're either going to do this, or I'm going to go do that. Because the second half was Neil Warnock in disguise, right? It was, yeah, right? Yeah, 1,000%. And it was long throws, corners. Like we've said in previous podcasts, it's how we build pressure. We don't build pressure through play. We build pressure through long throws, corners, and helping things back into your box and making you defend your 18-yard box, right? Second half, that's what we've done. Played some football here and there. That's always going to be the case, but... If you look at the contrast between Birmingham, where it's like struggling at home, right, in the first struggling half. Struggling in general, actually. In general. The they popped game. Cardiff off the pack the mm-hmm. first half. Cardiff weren't in it. You know, it was, it was almost like Cardiff were dragging like a lead weight behind them, every player. It was like, you're not second to the ball, you're not winning any second balls. 
you're not really getting at the challenge for the second ball you're not passing in any sort of patterns you're not really playing a long ball game they would it was it was just it was like I say caught in transition it was one thing or another second half totally reversed it but playing how they used to play right not the transition is what we're trying now what I would say to Neil Harris is he's the one who's come in and he knows he is the person who's supposed to be handling the transition mm. right it's okay. I heard him what he said after the game. When I view, listen, you can you, you can bend the truth. I understand that, all right? But you ha he is going to have to, you know, own up to this if it doesn't start to improve sooner or later. Mm. Because you know, I said by the end of January, you should start to see, well, not perfect, but you should start to see where Neil Harris is taking this team. All right, you don't see after two or three weeks. But two or three months, yeah, you'll start to see a change. Just like you've seen, if you watch Millwall play, his old team, and you see Gary Rowett and how Millwall play now in comparison under Neil Harris, they've transitioned. Yeah. They're a far better footballing team, in my opinion. Mm. Right? So it's time for Neil to show. It's not always players, players, players. I always say certain things come down to coaching. Right? And footballers... Although we you think it's a simple game, it is a very simple game. It's made very complicated by certain people. So we're at the stage now where Neil Harris is going to have to simplify things. And if he hasn't got the right people within the 40-odd man squad, right, to be able to play the way he wants to play, then, okay, like I've said before, get rid of some to bring some in. That would be my motto. But I would have thought you'd have the between... The 18s, the 23s, and the first team squad, which is probably 60 plus players. Mm. If you can't find a way to play out of that and a system of play that suits you, then, you know, it's an eyebrow raiser for me. You know, simple as that. Interesting what you said about the fans there, because after the game, when I spoke to Neil Harris, he said the best thing that could have happened for Cardiff at half time was to walk down the tunnel because the Cardiff fans were right next to the tunnel. I don't want to hear that. You know, 45 minutes. If if I'm stood on the side of the pitch for 45 minutes and I can't motivate my team, I'm telling you now there's there, there, there's something wrong. Right? I don't know if he's got the calm personality or if he's got the I'm going to lose it personality. I don't know. But you can't afford to drift for 45 minutes. And we keep drifting in games. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, mm. 40 minutes, 45 minutes. You know, Birmingham on Saturday, you gave away the first half. You, know, you end up drawing the game, and then what you do is focus on the second half where you've done all right and you've got back into the game and blah, 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 blah. You can't overlook, just like I used to say, you can't overlook when they came back. What game was it? They come back uh, Leeds, three, three. Leeds, right. you, you Yeah, you can't yeah. ignore that 70 minutes. Mm. I'm not interested in about the last 10 minutes. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a tick, mm. last 10 minutes, right? But I'm not interested in that. The problem isn't in the last 10 minutes. It's no good focusing on the good and saying, yeah, but we've done well for 10 minutes. You've got 80 minutes you had a nightmare for. Mm. You had 45 minutes on Saturday. You just, there was no, there's no aggression in them. There was no, they were passive. There was no getting to the ball quicker. There was no winning of the second balls. There was no pressure. There was no dominance. Mm. There was, there was no press. There was it, it was nothing. It was it was it was just like they went out there and they what then Asher used to say it. 
you're waiting for something to happen instead of making it happen. Yeah. And that's what I felt it was. We we looked at each other like, <laughs> what was that? And we've done it so often. Yeah, right? and then there's other people, and I know it's not just me, it's not a negative thing, because I always feel like you, you, people might think, oh, you're being negative, but no, you want to see a team play well. Mm. But then when you're looking at other press people around you, some were former professionals, others not, and they are all got this funny look on their face like, huh, what is that? But it, it continues to happen. Mm. So Neil Harris has got his work cut out. That's all I can say. I suppose what's disappointing, Paul, is that they've just come off the back of some some tough games against teams at the top of the league. And Birmingham were in a dreadful run of form when uh, Cardiff went up there. And it was almost a game where you think, right, this one's there for the taking. And they didn't take their opportunity. Yeah, but even though they were in a be- better form, I argued that Millwall and Preston were there for the taking because they were home games over Christmas and need to win those sorts of games to get momentum going. What I can't get my head around, and I was rather hoping Blakey would give answers here, but I don't know they can, is that this was nothing new, right? Mm. This has been a consistent pattern all season. Why do Cardiff City start games so slowly? It started with Wigan in the first game of the season. Even in the home games that Cardiff have won, QPR, Luton, Huddersfield, there was a really slow start. And mm. it just seems that, you know, Blake's given Leeds as an example, can be a bit more latitude for that one, but it's been consistent all the way through. And it just seems that in pretty much every game, Cardiff are having to come from behind. Not, not literally behind in every game, but mm. behind in terms of how the game is going and very often behind on the scoreline. And I don't understand it. Why Why are they starting? It doesn't matter who the manager is. This has been consistent all season, Blakey. Why are they starting so... I don't think... So, I think so at the poorly. moment... At the moment, I think the reason for it at the moment is that they're caught... I don't think the message is clear that we're either going to press or we're going to sit in a deep defensive block or we're going to sit in a mid block and press sometimes and release sometimes. I don't think that's getting across, mm. right? But I would take... And this is going to sound strange, but I hope people can understand where I'm going with it. I would rather take going to Birmingham, playing a consistent quality 90 minutes and losing 2-1, right? And saying, right, but I can identify with losing the game. Mm. Yeah, we had, say, nine shots, ten shots on target, which we would have seen. We should have taken buried five of those chances. We missed chances. But the performance was fantastic, right? And you walk away, scratch your head, thinking, how did we lose that game? Now, what I'm saying, over a period of a season, if your performance level is high, you'll win a lot more than you'll lose, right? And you're away from home. Games like that against Birmingham, the worst case scenario you come out with is a draw. You come away with a 1-1, go and don't miss four clear chances. Mm. No striker's got to do better. But the performance level was quality yet again. Right, and that is easier to accept. I think it's difficult at the moment for Cardiff fans, especially because half time the old sort them out, Aris Aris sort them out, come out. Right? Did, yeah, and that's when three you know, times this again. Yeah, you know, that's when they're what is going on, right? You better sort this out, right? So, when you hear that chant, that is usually your performance is below acceptable standards, yeah, and that's that's effectively what happened, mm. right? So, like I say. They need to find a way of playing, right, which is more conducive to what our fans want to see. And at the moment, I don't think it's going in. It, 
if you said to me, right, pinpoint it, Nate, where do you think they're going? I'd say to you, honestly, G, I don't know. Mm. I don't know whether they're going to revert back to type because that's what happened second half. Yeah. Yeah. Default setting, right, let's go back to what we, we know what we can do. Right. Or you're going to be brave. I'm going to step forward and in transition, okay, you're not winning games. Uh, you're drawing a lot of games, but people can see what you're trying to achieve. You can mm. see where you're trying to go because through 90 minutes, there were moments, there was five minute spells where you've done this, you've done that, you've done this, you've done that. And we need to see more of that. And uh, the more they win games, the more consistent they become at doing the good things. Just Some briefly nice. before we, we move on, um, Callum Patterson, I thought, was a positive in the second half. I thought he played well, as he has done the last couple of games against Carlisle. But one concern, maybe. Glatzel. Well. Because <laughs> if I'm Glatzel, I'm like, huh? Is when I think of all the chances Cardiff had, they were all Tomlin. So the goal, he had an he had a goal that was ruled out for offside. Mm-hmm. He had a penalty shout yeah. that I thought was one a penalty. At the post. And he had one there at the post. I can't yeah. think of any other chances. Yeah. Is that a concern how over reliant they Absolutely, are? Absolutely, because Tomlin? also, right, there was a moment, I don't know if you can remember it, where he's got the ball, Lee, left side, just outside the box, and it was fast movement. And he had passed it, he'd done a, like a little reverse pass and it come back to him. And he was running too fast and he's managed to control, pass it to uh, someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he was stumbling. Yeah, yeah, right? white might have Right, yeah, I think it was, right? But those are, so that's like a moment where you can see that his, his original pass was so good. But the run, I'm not sure who made the run. The run was brilliant because it was in behind the defence into the eight and yard box. And he was a bit deeper actually when he passed it. And I was just thinking to myself, oh man. If I was a striker, I'd just be seeing him all the time. We'd be working in training, chatting, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always know I'm going to make the unexpected run because he's got the capability to play the unexpected pass, Mm. right? So whereas a striker, you might be thinking, I'm going to make that, oh, no, it never comes in there, right? I'm saying if you're Danny Ward or you're Glatzel, make that ridiculous run. Just stay on side, but make that ridiculous run, what you feel is ridiculous, I'm telling you, you've got a player there who will find you, mm. right? I'm like, listen, I'm not just saying this, that player there will get me, personally, in my day, he'd get me 15 goals on his own, right? And that is, I'll do another 10 myself and five or six from other players and corners and what have you. That's, I'm looking and thinking, if I'm playing with Lee Tomlin, I'm scoring 25 goals, kick of the fingers. 20, I'll be disappointed. All I'd, all I'd weigh in there with is um, and, and like Blake I'm a massive Tomlin fan all I'd weigh in there with is it isn't just about the striker those white players have got to deliver far more than they have agreed, done agreed. you know my views on white I don't think he delivers enough in the final third of the pitch Junior two years ago was amongst the top three players in the division when Cardiff went up but has lost that goal threat and ability to go past players at the moment. I hope, you know, he's only 30. I'm hoping that that can come back again with a bit more conviction. But also the midfielder got provide far more. Mm-hmm. Far Absolutely more. more. So it's not just down to Klatz all this no, or, no. or whoever's centre yeah. forward. No, right? I'm just talking as a striker. No, absolutely. With yeah. Tomlin. But also, that, that then affects everybody, right? So if you're white, make a ridiculous run from right to left. If you're junior, you can make a ridiculous run across the line from the left towards the centre or the right so it affects everybody basically if you're Bennett or you're um, Jazz Richards 
you know, always be looking to overlap or always be looking when when the player's pressed into their box. Always be looking as they're coming out, always be looking to the one to break down the left or break down the right. If you see the ball fall into him and he's outside of the box, if he's inside the box, it's a different matter. You can hold your position, but that's knowing your players. If he's, if the ball's coming out and Tomlin has played the ball but not joined the play and he's coming towards the 18-yard box and it comes down to him, that's your trigger. All right, you've got your two centre-backs, you've got Paco should be sat behind him, but you, the rest of you, you licence the move. You know what I mean? And that, you will find, will help your transition, will help your performance, will help you start to put together passive movements and certain triggers for certain players. It, it, you know, I just don't think we think... We're not, we're not sharp on our thought process. We're not sharp the way we play. We're not sharp. And I don't see what Neil Harris has done. I don't look at it and think, ah, but he's improved that or he's improved that. I think we're slightly better sometimes. Mm. All right? But still in the days, still trying to find that consistency. But I'm not looking and going, well, I can see where he's taking it. All right? I'm still scratching my chin going, I wonder where this is going. Because Saturday was, it was like one step back first half, and then in some sense, a step forward before steps back. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So second half, you done well because you got back in the game and managed to get a result, but you did it in the fashion where the previous manager asked the reason why they asked him to leave. So you can't now be adopting the old tactics. That's the whole reason you've been brought in. You're brought in as the person in between the transition to the next stage. We all had our feelings on who should have been that person. Let's just hope Neil Harris can pull it off because he, he needs to get it. He needs to get the players going. Can't keep waiting until you're, you're down on the canvas to get up and try and win a fight. It's, you know, it's, it's where it rarely happens. Okay, well that brings an end to part one. In part two, we will be discussing transfers. Welcome back to part two, where we will be discussing transfers. So, we are just over a week, I guess, until this transfer window shuts. We've been told that it might take right up until the last 72 hours before a deal essentially happens. Do things... Happen that quickly in the transfer window, Blakey. You, you'd have you'd have experienced yeah. something like that, would you? They can do. They can literally happen. You could be training ten o'clock, walk off training half twelve, get in a shower, eat lunch, on your way home, phone call. Someone's someone's just made a bid. Club have accepted it. Agent knows. Meet your agent at club A, club B, if you agree terms. We're allowing you to leave. What's, what's the quickest transfer you've ever had? The quickest sort of turnaround where you found out about it, and all of a sudden you turn up at the training ground, you're all in the shirt. Uh, it was probably Cardiff to Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably Cardiff to Sheffield. How quickly did that happen then? Well, I I think it happened on a Thursday, if I'm right. I'd have, I'd been it's either a Tuesday or Thursday, and I I think it might have been Tuesday actually. I think I've, we used to go to the nightclub on a Monday night. If one plane, obviously, <laughs> me and my friends, uh, called uh, Metros and Factos, two clubs in Newport. But my best mate, Kev, he's a proper wind-up merchant, right? I mean, he's done some 
very, very bad things to people. He worked in his <laughs> office, right? He'd have stories left, right, and center. Ridiculous, right? And so he would phone up from work sometimes when I had a day off, pretending to be different people. So phone rings on a Tuesday morning, I'm still in bed. It's like about half past eight. I say, hello, is that, are you, all right, son, is Dave Bassett here? And I'm like, yeah, Kev, whatever, just put down the phone. It rings again, same again, but this time he's effing and blinding. And uh, says, don't put the phone down on me again. So I was like, I was thinking, that's a pretty good company accent, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Kevin could do that good accent, so I, I paused for a bit and I was like, is this wind up? He's like, no, it's Ari Bassett's son. <laughs> that again, dead aggressive with me. So I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. He says, uh, we've agreed terms with your club. Do you want to come and play for me? I said, yeah, of course. So he said, right, get yourself in your car, meet your agent up here at three o'clock today. I said, okay, Sheffield, yeah? He said, yeah, you know where you're going? I said, yeah, 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 put down the phone. He didn't have a clue where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> no sat nav there, straight down to the garage, got the A to Z, looked at the route. <laughs> took me about four hours to get there. It took me about half hour to find it. I was. I was right next to the ground, but I could see the stadium lights, but couldn't get there. So that literally happened. Click the fingers for me. Don't know how long they've been discussing, but click the fingers. So Paul, twenty. You didn't give me the scoop, by the way. <laughs> that nice I didn't know about scoops <laughs> them days, man. Um, Paul, twenty-two days into the transfer window, no sign of any signings at the moment. Is that cause for concern? Yes, yes, big concern because the team needs. The fans need something to give a new injection, you know, reinf you know reinvigorate. Some, yeah, there, there's something, there's clearly problems with the setup of the team. It needs more pace, it needs more legs. More athleticism. Yeah, it, and so one hopes that, listen, if, if Neil Harris is not going to get the people from the 60-odd that Blake, you mentioned, that might be options there with the under-18s, under-23s and senior squads, then somebody has to come in from outside to do it. Um, but So the fact that that it hasn't happened, and more alarmingly, from what you and I are hearing, the fact it's unlikely to happen, unless it goes to the wire, is, um, yeah, it is a cause for concern. The victim of it's our a real own, cause for we're concern. a victim of our own poor strategy and planning, though. It's, and this is, you can't put any of this on Neil Harris, right? You can't put any of it on him, right? You had a previous manager who signed players for fun, mm. right? And no one said a word. I did. I would always speak up because sometimes the truth hurts me. But players were signed who never got nowhere near the 23s, let alone the first team squad. So my point is... Listen, the owner reserves the right to give money or not to give money. But he says he wants to sell. You get to the Premier League, it's in its highest place it's going to be. You don't sell, then you attend the games as the owner. Don't really see you in the championship, right? unless it's promotion time. Best opportunity to sell, you keep and you attend the games. So you're well within your right, it's your money, you've spent it, right? But what is your strategy? What is your plan? Because now you're back in a championship and with the previous manager, you allowed players to come in and in and in. And often those players weren't being utilised. So at some point you should have said, 
in Neil Warnock's tenureship. Hold on a minute. I just give you 30 million quid. You've signed three players. We haven't seen two of them. Mm. We don't see them. And it's not going to affect them because... They're not going to affect... And also, if they don't play for... 18 months then their value goes down the value, do, the value dips it, it's, it's, well if you sign someone for 5 million quid well Medine is the perfect example mm. right you have to give them away in the end right and lose your dough right off your dough well I would have thought Mr Tan is not someone who likes to lose money he likes to make money mm. but until they start to plan properly and strategise properly and have people who understand football running their football club for them on behalf of them, and this ain't me fishing for a job, never in a month of Sundays, right? Until they get the right people in the right place, they're just, this is, they're gonna be like a dog chasing their tail. There's nothing worse, I've said it before, I said it a couple of years ago, people who got wealth don't accept that they don't know nothing about whatever it is they're participating in until it starts to cost them. Right? And that's why Warnock was brought in. But what has happened to do is press a reset button so you go another three years until, bang, they'll realise and then it'll be a desperate time and they'll grab another obvious manager. Right? Because over that period, something will unfold somewhere. But that's not a strategy. That's not a plan. The plan should be, right, do this, do that. Over the course of two or three years, we expect them to be in the Premier League at that point. I'll sell it to the highest bidder, someone else comes in, and then they put in place their strategy. But your strategy is affected by your philosophy, which is then built around what your constant, your one constant is your fan, right? What they want to see. Why? Because they're paying to be entertained. Mm. So I was saying, with the long ball game, it's okay while you're winning, but as soon as it stops, right? There's a world of trouble for you because there's so many places, and especially now, you know, you know, you're at the time when, mate, Carlisle, four from bottom of the league, two come and popped you off for 45 minutes on your own turf. Are you kidding me? And then you're telling me, oh, no, 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 we ain't got the players to play that way. Listen, if you can't play that way, you shouldn't be playing football, bro, because you've been kicking the ball to your mate for the last, if you're 20, for the last 15 years. You've been doing it since you're five or six. What do you mean you can't play? Get it, give it. One of our major problems at the moment is too many players taking too many touches. Mm-hmm. Right? Touch, 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 pass. Touch, touch, touch. It's like it's got to be super certain. Take the chance. Show the kahunas, man. Pass, move, pass, move. Things break down. But you know what? What happens is over a period of time, things start to click off. Oh, that move worked. And that move worked. And that, and that. All of a sudden, your confidence goes up and up and up. Mm. That's the only way you build towards regaining your confidence and playing a brand of football that your fan wants to see. Otherwise, mate, you'll be back to where you were three or four years ago where the fans are going at the moment. I can't take this no more. It's hard to watch Cardiff, you know. Honestly, it's not like you don't come out of there like buzzed and ready to go out sat out with my missus. You feel like you've been in a battle. You're like, oh my God, it's just too much to take. My ribs are hurting, my chin is sore, my nose is bleeding. But we come out with a point, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's not good enough, mate. It's not good enough. And until the hierarchy understand and accept that, but they won't. They won't. Uh, Mehmet will say, no, no, I know what I'm doing. Ken will say, oh, no, 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 I know what I'm doing. And Vince will say, no, 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 I got this. I know what I'm doing. 
we've got two promotions under our belt. Great. But you went up, come down, and, you know, will you go back up again? No. I can take going up and coming down as part of an overall plan. Right? I understand we're not going to be able to sign those players. Why? Because we've done too much dough here. Right? Same as Tottenham or Arsenal. When you build a new stadium and then expect 100 million pound signings, it's not going to happen. No. Right? You have to take your you have to take your medicine for a while. But I don't know what the strategy is, and I don't look at the club, and I don't look at you know I'm not being trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be. I'm just trying to look at my club and say I want the best for it. I look through the whole system, and I don't look and think that's functioning well. And then I look at the culture with people who are working there. The best part of it is the, the stewards are great. The lady in the cafe, great. But you don't feel for the people like Cardiff TV and things like that. You don't feel like they even want you there. Mm. There's no ex-players, you don't see no relationships, no former players going, sitting, being treated well. You know, they, they, they ready to diss former players right, right quicker than, you know, unless you played in the era where we owned it, we don't care. That can't be right, mate. It can't be. It can't be. The whole thing, he needs... Listen, I just rip it all up. Start right, right. Start from, start again. You need to. We're either going to go from the youth up or the first team down. Your choice. Which you want to do? Paul. What? Anything to add? No, <laughs> no I don't got any grievances, G. <laughs> no, I don't got any grievances. But like I say, it's just like watching your child getting slapped every week by your next door neighbour and not being able to do anything about it. <laughs> It's a hard watch, mate. I can't it's an do it. Incredible analogy. I can't do it. Um, anyway, I've got sweat on now. Paul, I suppose the closer we get to the end of the transfer window, the less likely it is that a lot of players are going to come in through the door. So, if if you were to pick two positions that you think Cardiff desperately Great need to sign, which two positions would they be? Because we could all sit here and say they need six players. But Creative winger. Yep. And a midfielder with athleticism. Central midfield player with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blake, if you were to pick two? Uh, centre back and a creative centre mid. Paul, Cardiff had a bid rejected for Kiefer Moore uh, this month. What did you make of them being linked to, to him? Especially after Gary Medina. <laughs> I think Blakey's laughing on my shoulder. This is, you know, um, because he feels that I've pushed for Kiefer Moore, and he thinks that he's the last card of me. You're a fan of Kiefer Moore, aren't you? I think he's done very well for Wales, and I think he could do well in the championship. But I'm a fan of Kiefer but I, I think, I think there are more. I think there are other positions that need filling at the moment. It's too easy to say they need a goal-scoring centre forward. I think there are other positions that prioritise, particularly since Mendes got injured. Mm. They've got to have that fast-flying winger who hopefully will complement Josh Murphy on the other side, and they've got to sort out the midfield. You know, I'm I'm hesitant to say that. Right, I've looked at I've looked at Neil Warnock's summer signings, right, and I almost question. The value for money on almost all of them, to be honest with you. I think mm-hmm. Curtis Nelson has done well, particularly considering he came for next nothing. Aidan Flint, six million. White, does he really offer in the final third? But 
that a promotion winning this is what we're told that this would be a promotion winning squad they were getting together mm -hmm. right especially um, when Kadeem Harris had Volks, left Volks, 2 million was Volks, right Volks has not had a look in yeah. Joe Day I'm not sure has even been on the bench let alone I'm sure he has been but he played uh, the know, first game when um, Edridge went off against Wigan I don't think he's played since then. you know I, I was speaking to Blakey before the podcast saying that I'm a big fan of Marlon Pack. I think he was almost like for for the slightly, you know, for the for those who still cover the Eddie May era as the best era, which an awful lot of Cardiff fans, of older Cardiff fans. There was a player called Paul Ramsey in Blakey. He was the captain, wasn't he? Mm. And and he, you know, he was big, strong, dominant. And I just thought Pack is the first of that type since Ramsey to be in the Cardiff. And I was really excited by his signing. But I now begin to wonder if he's part of the problem because it's just so slow and lethargic and everything. And, you know, if Tomlin is to play, and that's an absolute must, he must, I just think Cardiff need two midfielders who are more dynamic, you know, and maybe Riles and Bakuna would be a better blend, you know. So I'm even now questioning that signing, which is wrong because Pat clearly has got ability and something about him and stature, but the dynamic of the midfield has been wrong all season and it continues to be. So, I just think to answer your question, the winger, who's really creative and hopefully would score goals, but that won't come cheap, and this, you know, athletic, dynamic, creative midfielder, I think the team is crying out for to, to assist Tom. You know, maybe with that sort of individual, that individual with one of Pack Riles or Bakuna would work and change the dynamic of everything, but. I, I don't think there. I don't think there will be a midfielder coming in. By the way, no, I not. don't. I don't think there's been. I, I'm glad you pointed out the signings because I. I don't think there's again. Talk about strategy. I don't think there's any sort of strategy in Neil Warnock signings. And you might remember me saying it's going to take someone three years to reverse this, right? And Neil took the hump with that, right? But I'm telling you now, it's going to take you at least six transfer windows to get, or I would say, you might get lucky and do it in three or four. Not lucky. You might strategize well and plan really well and it clicks together and comes together. Coach well, so those players who do stay and fit into what you're trying to do, it works out. But the way we're going, it's, you don't think there's, there's, there's some sort of plan behind it. I think I think there was strategy in Warnock's eyes, in as much as yeah, find as many as you can and just well, you know, Flint, be a big aggressive old nineties yeah, so, team. Yeah, so Flint, that's not a strategy. No, ball. no, but from his point of view, he, mm. you know, Flint and Pack fitted into that ethos. It mm -hmm. became Warnock ball on steroids, mm -hmm. as we discussed. Mm -hmm. Volks and Nelson were both captains of their clubs, so could bring more leadership qualities to the team. White, I think he saw as one for the future, then put him in straight away. Joe Day, he saw as another Neil Etheridge from the lower divisions who could shine at a higher level. But I just think, you know, it's not unfair to say this question. I think Nelson deserves more latitude than most, given what he's achieved. But mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say this question marks about Warnock's thinking behind each of those signings, to be honest with you. Anyone given, who costs money didn't, didn't, didn't do well. But when, you know, when... Anyone who costs money. When going the other well. way, we saw Zahor, Reed, and Manga going the other way. You know, three quality acts there at their best. You know, it's suddenly, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Given how much money has been wasted then in inverted commas. Yeah, and then maybe that's why the owner's not saying Neil Harris, yeah, he has more money. 
right? Yeah. And that's yeah. why I say he's suffering <clears throat> the knock-on effect of what's gone before. Mm. But the owner can't do that to Harris. Well, he can, but he can't really because it's not Harris's fault. The problem, the owner's afraid. And I understand where the owner is. The owner's afraid, right? If I give you more money, do I get into more turmoil mm. and have another three or four players that don't fit in? You know, but what I'm saying is, why did you continue down the path with Neil Warnock saying, I'll sign him and I'll sign him and I'll sign him and I'll sign him and I'll sign him? And I'll sign him. If they weren't working, you should have said, no, 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 no. I'm only going to let you have one. You're not having five and sixes. Why? You didn't use him. You paid 10 million for him. You didn't use him. You don't use him. He's out on loan. You paid 6 million for him. You didn't use him. You bought him in central midfield and played. You haven't used him, right? But that's what I'm saying. It's what, do you know what the promotion done? It's hide a multitude of sins, bro. Mm. Right? It just covers everything. It's like free reign, I can do what I'm doing. No. No, 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 no. Right? Promotion is part of the job's description. It's what we want to achieve. Once it's achieved, once it's set, club should have made a decision. Right, off you pop. Or look at what you're trying to do and say, I don't want to see my team go in that direction, sorry. Or continue in that direction. So rather than let's get deeper with another 15 signings mm. two years later, golden handshake, off you pop, bring someone in who's going to now be able to handle this Premier League. And if we go down, we'll go down in transition. But when we come back next season in the Championship, we'll be playing the way we want to play with some of the players that we really, really want. And we'll be going in the right direction. This is like this is what I'm trying to say to the, the people who run it. They don't know, they don't see. This is like walking from Cardiff to Newport and going down west first, right? To Junction 43, up over the heads of the valley, <laughs> right? Around Brimar, around Abergavenny, and then into Newport, right? Instead of just going straight up the M4 or through Marshfield and walking to Newport, it's the longest route around. It's like, come on, people, can you see that? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I swear. Anything to add on transfers, Jen? No, so we no get... I think Blakey haven't shown that he's got an A-level in Welsh geography. I think we should move on. <laughs> okay, yeah. after this break, we'll be coming back and talking about the FA Cup game, the West Brom game, and some Ask Blakey and predictions. Welcome back, and we'll start by talking about the FA Cup game against Reading this weekend. Blakey, your best FA Cup runs as a player, do you remember? It was here, Cardiff, fifth round, I think. Should have played against Luton. Rick Wright said, no, <laughs> I want that money. Give me that money. You ain't playing. You pack your bags, you're gone. So, it was here. As a first you ever? Yeah, yeah, and I honestly believe we probably could have got to the semi-final that year. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have done Luton if I had played, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. I would have eaten them alone, on my own. No problem. <laughs> Do you enjoy playing in the Mates Africa? like Kerry Hughes and that were playing for them. Kerry, top boy, good player, good player, Kerry Hughes. Good lad as well. But, mate, they weren't, they weren't touching me. Don't be silly. I mean, you know, I ripped up people like Keith Curlow's England and Alan Kernigan and enjoyed it ripping them up. I was looking forward to the next one, but hey, such is life. Paul, it would be nice to see an FA Cup run this season, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, it would, because they need a distraction from the league. I said before in previous podcasts that for Warnock and Malky, Mackay, when they um, won the one promotion, the FA Cup was seen as a distraction and they just wanted it out of the way and Cardiff were out straight away to lower league opposition. But I just think that, you know, given the lack of signings in January, it would be nice to see Cardiff get through the Reading game and, you know, maybe draw a big a, one of the Premier League giants yeah. at home or away or something like that just to... That's a mentality though, right, Paul? From a player's perspective, that the two managers Paul mentioned were trying to get out. But you've got to stay up, right? Because me personally, I think, no, 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 no. Mentality as a footballer pre-season is we could play 55 games, right? If you're in the championship and say 45 to 48 if you're in the Premier League. But... Pre-season, that's 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 what you're aiming for. Uh, going to win every game, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, fans on. love FA Cup more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Right, because they know chance of us winning the Premier League is literally non-existent unless you're one of the top four and unless a Leicester thing happens. But if you're like a Cardiff or a West Brom or something like that, hey, it's like one-off cup game. Anything can happen. Earlier on in the season, probably Cardiff's worst performance of the season at the uh, at Reading, a one-off, if not QPR game, actually. Mm. Uh, do you think there'll be any lingering effect of that when they? they I know Mark Bowen's taking over there now, so yeah. they're a different proposition. Yeah. They're playing all right. They've picked up some very good results of late, so uh, it, it it won't be easy, put it that way. And it's like a bit of a derby. Reading has always been a, bit of a derby M4 corridor, so um, I hope we don't approach it with the attitudes. You know, just get out of it because, you know, I say you take these opportunities to build confidence, not to... Because if you go and get to the semi-final FA Cup or quarter-final or something like that, you have to be playing well to get there, right? So that performance level should rub off on your league performance also. That's how I look at it. So for me, I, I would go there. I wouldn't be putting out no... Well, I don't think Cardiff can put out a weekend team, to be honest with you. Got so many pros to choose from. You know what I mean? What was the Carlisle away game? You go, no, see the squad. Yeah, I've just jotted down a likely team, or probable, possible 11, a potential 11 that could play at Coach Carter. Off the top of my head, right? Etheridge, Peltier, Flint, Bamba, Bennett, or Cameron Cox, Riles and Volks, Patterson, Murphy, Glatzel. A another, be that Ward or Hoyle or whoever. Now, a lot of those have been in the first eleven most of the season. Absolutely. You know, so he'll put he'll put a strong eleven out there against a Reading team who will probably put most of their second string out. And then we come straight back into uh, to West Brom next week, Paul. That's more important as far as I'm concerned. Despite what I've said about the cup run, Cardiff have got to start climbing up that championship table. They've just got to try and keep a, a semblance of hope in the in in the remainder of January and certainly February, that they can potentially challenge in the closing weeks of the season for sixth place in the table. Whether they can another is or not is another matter, but they've got to offer that element of hope to the fans. I let that hope go like that the season. <laughs> Before what? the season kicked off. I just look in right, is this is transition build for me. Right? Uh it started the season with Neil Warnock, which I thought was a mistake. Um and where we're where we're at for me at the moment, listen, I, I not even listen. If you get the playoff sixth place, I'll be cartwheeling like everybody else, right? But 
it's not in my in my memory. I'm just thinking my focus is more how we're gonna get to a position where we know what we're doing. We look a very well coached team, you know, defence drilled very well, up with the midfield, back with the midfield, always in contention with the striker or strikers. You know, I wanna see us get there, play good football, decent football, strong at set pieces. I'm just focusing on that. Anything else outside of that? Consistency is, well, anything outside of consistency is a bonus. So if we make the playoffs, hey, yeah, we'll go out and drink and party. But <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I'm not focusing on that. I just, you know, I performance. I'd like to see us put six good performances together. Win, lose or draw, six strong performances over the next month or even six weeks. Oh, I'm not calling for that's it. I'm not pressuring no one. I'm not calling for anything special. I just want to see us get to a rhythm which ah, they found the key. That's what they're doing, mm. right? Yeah, I can see that is away from where we were, going towards where we want to be, right? And it's difficult. I don't don't think I'm being ill and out on Neil Harris. It's hard. Trust me, I've been there. It's hard, mm. but I know as well. If you simplify things, if you do the right things, you watch a lot of footage, what you're trying to achieve, good moments in games, bad moments in games, show them all, show them all, you know, it, it, it does improve itself. Sometimes the player get embarrassed by what you've done in a game and think, I'll never do that again. Never, never. Because all the lads are going, whoops. Right, <laughs> 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 watching the video, whoops, it's just done you there. So I'm just on that tip, just looking at slow build well as I mentioned at the start of the show we've got Ask Blakey and we have a lot of questions today so I'm going to rattle them off to you best I can Blakey okay. we've got some really good ones so okay. um, the first one we've got is from Reese Chambers alright Reese. Um, and Reese says how can Harris improve the attacking style of play slowest pass rate of any team in the league and terribly predictable with a lot going through Tomlin now Reese has backed this up with a brilliant piece of analysis I must say Cardiff are bottom of the league with 11.1 passes per minute of possession. So that means they pass the ball the least out of any team per minute. That would play into my point where I said too many players taking too many touches. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, easy fix then. Easy fix. Too Do you many have to players. have the players for that? Or do you think yeah. Cardiff got the No, 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 well? pass the ball to your mate. Take it one touch, two touch, pass, move. All right, those things, after you passed it, move. Sometimes pass it, stand still. There is call for that. Don't always move, right? But pass, move, pass, move. Pack, too many touches. Bakuna, too many touches. Junior, too many touches. White, too many touches. Straight across your midfield, mm. right? Too many touches. One touch, pass. Two touch, pass. Yeah? Can't run with the ball. Too much, too much, too much, too much. And then what you've got then is the opposite when you get to the back four. So Morrison, Flint, and Nelson. More, bang it. Yeah. forward right there was an incident on uh, at Birmingham Morrison done really well right side I think it was second half stepped forward into the pocket of first half and then tried to knock a 50 yard ball and there was Tomlin on the end in the 18 yard box and just went over his head and sailed out for a, a goal kick mate just pass it to the full back step back support mm. pass it into the striker step back support right just just pass it 
<laughs> to to a, to a, a, a peach shirt or a grey shirt or a blue shirt, whatever we're just pass it. Stand still if you're in a defensive unit. Pass it and move if you're in a midfield or striker's position. Too many touches on the ball. That's why we're low on so low on the passing stats. Uh, Bluebirds passed. Has said. Oh, from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he think we're consistently slow in starting games, and what can be done about it? Is it the players or the managers to, or the manager to blame? Uh, it's always collective responsibility, right? It's, it's never it's him. Even if it's one player, it's not him. Ten of you get him going. Do you know what I mean? So it's a collective. It's it's between the management and the playing staff. Between the two of them, they've probably. They must be at the stage now where they've recognised it themselves and are saying, come on. I can't remember what game it was, but it was a game at home a few months ago uh, where we'd made the point and they tried to start quicker. And it faded after about three or four minutes. Mm. Right? It, 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 you just got to say, it's. I think they're not great at reading second balls. right? And they've not got the athleticism to get there. And I've said all along, they need to be fit there if you, the players are going to hate me for it, right? But if you're going to play press, you need to be fit, right? If you're going to play at the Temple, don't forget, we're trying to get to the Premier League and keep up with people like Liverpool, Man City, you know, uh, Arsenal now. You see the change with the manager, what he's done at Arsenal? See the difference in how hard they run now, yeah. right? It's not different players. Different mentality has been installed in those players. Right? And that is the importance of the leader of the gang. Right? You can have all the experienced players you want, but if the leader attitude reflects leadership, right? Glenn? And if your leader is not sure, not really then that feeds into the players. Mm. Right? So Okay, Adrian Ward. Alright, Aid. Asks We have no pace throughout the team. We need to move another player. We need to move more. I think that's what I say. More players on, and bring in more pace in midfield. Why don't we go for quality loan players and not spend money on another bunch of donkeys? Because loan players only fix it for a short period of time, right? We're Cardiff City. It's a mentality. We've got to get and change this mentality we've got, right? We need to find players, and we've had players good players and we've let them go we've le released them whatever right it's finding those players I've, I said this before when I was helping Newport County you as a board got to be able to identify and if you can't I will help you identify those players who are know are going to be in the manager's plans no matter who the manager is so the better players and they're not necessarily the show pony right it might be the midfielder who runs hard and beats through tackles and where you need him or the guy who doesn't doesn't cover a lot of ground, but he sprays the ball and keeps your passing ticking, blah 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 blah. Or the striker who you know doesn't get you twenty goals a season, but his assist record and the way he helps you play the way you want to play is so important. So there's it, all little different things. There's there's lots of little things that need fixing, mm. but you got to know what you want, right? You've got to have a philosophy to play to. There must there must be a time where a loan signing is. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, probably, <coughs> I would say probably now because we've got so many players, right? So you you can keep signing. So 
maybe yeah, maybe Adrian's right. Maybe now is the best time to utilize loans till the end of the season to try and get what you want in, and then maybe play to a more athletic, more expansive game of football, and then you can identify right. Hopefully, I can go and get him again next year and keep him, or. I want someone of similar ilk to do what he's done because this is the way we're going to play. Mm. So, yeah, you could utilise the loan department most definitely, but it's a short-term fix. Friend of the pod, Jason Mohammed. J-Mo! <laughs> he asks, or he says, I've been very impressed with the togetherness of the team. Mm. Saw it in the Glatzel head-to-head in the derby and the way we celebrate. Does Blakey think that the team spirit can push them up the league and fire a cup run? The best football pod out there needs some of me, though. <laughs> <laughs> we invited you on, Jace. Yeah, man, any time jams, man. He's trying to put you out of a job here, man. So, uh, any time he wants to I'm come cheap, on. Man. Sorry, could you read his question again? <laughs> it's uh, about team spirit. Yeah, can the team like spirit push the team up the league? Uh, can the team spirit push it? Team spirit is a massive thing, mm. and it can do wonders. And it can win you games in a tight scenario. I just don't think we're playing well enough to be able to say, and our team spirit is going to push us on. Right? If we were third, playing well, performing well, you know, ain't lost, don't concede many goals, all the things that you look in in a in a team that gets promotion yeah. or a successful team, then I'd say, yeah, you're togetherness when you go into war. It's like an army, right? When you go to war, you, you, you need to know, I trust, and we got each other's backs no matter what. Do I think we've got that at the moment? I'd say we've got a decent team spirit, yeah. I just don't think we're playing well enough, good enough football for that to have to carry such a significant through. effect to push us to promotion. So um, I very much doubt it. Like I said, I'm not worried. I'm not looking at promotions or anything like that. I'm kind of like starting again left of centre says left of centre oh, that's you, his name yeah you're going to love this okay Blakey holds godlike status in my house talks a lot of sense mm-hmm. who is our best pairing up front and why how do we play to their strengths pairing up front pairing up front I would go for a 9 and a 10 mm-hmm. and two wide men alright so I will go for Mendes Lang and uh, a Murphy mm-hmm. uh, with a Tomlin and a Ward. Right? That's that's what I would go for. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go for two strikers. I don't think Glatzel and Ward, they might complement each other, but then you lose Tomlin or you play him in as a wide man or as a centre midfielder but he's not got the athleticism to do that he's a pocket player right so I would go for but I'm talking a Murphy that's a top Murphy uh, Murphy when he's on it Murphy Um, Mendes Lang when he's fit I think that's where you know regardless of which two of those front three have to be lightning jack right so those two are my speed demons. They're my counter-attack demons. They're my one-on-one, go on, go and ruin him. And then my creativity comes from my Tomlin, who can pick and open for Murphy running one side across the line, Mendes Lang coming across the other, or when they're hugging touch lines. 
and Ward got that movement in around the 18-yard box and I can find Ward off the halfway line because he's good at backing in and understands the game and mm. understands the league well. So from the players we got, that's what I'd be looking at if I had the perfect... They were all fit and I had the perfect... Uh, well, we, we've got a question from Alan Grimes for you, Blakey. But right I, know, I know, Paul, you have some thoughts on this as well. Um, Alan says, why does Pack always drop all the way back and become the deepest player on the pitch? Because <laughs> he's got a lack of pace. It's just security. And he knows there's a lack of pace between the two centre-halves. So it's more security. It's double security in his mind. Right, He'll have been told to play that role, though. Do you not think, or do you think he naturally? No, 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 no. He, he, no manager would tell you to drop into the back four as a as a midfielder. No manager. It's not your job. You're not in the back four. No, I've seen us. I've seen us play two strike, two two centre halves, one striker, and you've got the two centre halves pack in front of them, and two wide men, as in, say, uh, Paltier and Bennett. Mm. That's five players marking a soft striker. Right? And this is what I mean. No, mate. Bennett, go. Right? Jazz Richards or Peltier, go. You don't have to go up the 8 in the hour box. Just join into the midfield position. Right? Because anything has cleared away. I still got 3v1. I don't even need Pack there, really. Pack can step forward into a more advanced position where anything comes knocked out. He don't, and you take a new. That's how you keep your team pressed in there. Right? But then, well, Morrison stands behind him or in front of him. Nelson stands behind him or in front of him. I'll probably go Nelson at the back because he's quicker. Mm. Right? So anything over the top. And Morrison just standing in front. You only need two V marking one. And really, you 1v1. Defenders, if you can't defend 1v1 and you're in the championship, you want to get to the Premier League. You're having a giraffe, mate. You ain't gonna, that's not going to work. I've said it all along. Defenders need to be able to defend one-on-one. Who have you seen in this league who you've got strike that? Wow! Gonna speed on him. We need three defenders to mark it. No yeah. one. Yeah, All true. right. So there's no one in this league that you're looking striker wise, a front three or anything like that going. Oh, we're gonna have to listen. Bennett, sit. Pelts, or Jazz, sit. You know we're not gonna be able to get you forward in this game. No. Every team in this league you can take advantage of at some point. During the game, I'm not saying just go gun ho and all the time. No, like I said, players like Bennett step into midfield. Morrison done it the other day when I was talking about uh, the game against um, Birmingham when he stepped into midfield and then hit that long pass. What if you step into midfield? Mm. That's how you overload the midfield, right? Because now Pack can stand ten yards left of you, and they can't mark him, or they choose to mark him, but then they can't mark Tomlin. Or they mark Tomlin, but they can't mark Bakuna. I don't know. But if you step in, you're spare then. Or the striker comes and marks you. Okay, that's dragging all their men. That means Nelson's free. Mm. So I know every time the ball breaks out, if I'm packing, I pick it up under pressure, I just roll it to Nelson. Bennett drops on the left. Nelson goes, yeah, out to you. You start again. Mm-hmm. Some things are simple, isn't they? <laughs> Paul, anything to add on Pack's uh, positioning? No. No. <laughs> okay, John Donovan asks from Nathan Blake's ex- JD. What's happening? Ex-player perspective: What formation would you utilise with the players we currently have available oh, to get question. extra bodies into the box whilst getting beyond the opposing team's fullbacks and crossing from the byline? I.e., how do we create better quality chances more often? 
Honestly, I would probably go with three centre halves. Um, five across midfield, but my two wide men being obviously higher up. Uh, yeah, that's, I'd probably go with three centre halves. And then one in the hole and one up front. But my wing backs being able to. Or I go with the system of play, the four, the three, and the three. One of the two. Um, Bluebird's Gossip asks... All right, Bluebird. Uh, did Harris make a mistake after the QPR game saying some of these players are not good enough, that they are not the same players of two years ago, and he'll make changes in January? Now he's struggling to bring players in. <laughs> Do you think the players will run through brick walls for him after saying that? That's a good you won, question. You warned this a couple of weeks you ago, did. didn't you? You preempted this, didn't you? Dale on the head, mate. I don't have to answer that question. I think I answered it before he asked it. JD, go back, listen to two weeks ago, I think it was. Mate, listen, don't ever attack your team or individuals within your team. If you have a blow-up inside the dressing room and you don't like a player or whatever, whatever, cool. That goes on day in, day out, every club I've ever been to. But public, everything's rosy, mate. Everything's sweet, everything's cool. No, 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 no. I could detest the player. But publicly, I wouldn't let that be known, right? I wouldn't let that be known to the player mm. because I just might need him one day. I've seen it so many times. So, yeah, JD, not not really a great uh, position to be in if you're Neil Harris right now mm. because now you're asking players to run for brick walls for you because the owner's saying to you, oh, whether I promised you or not, there's no doubt. Right, Nigel Harris says... Heard Blake oh, this Neil's brother. <laughs> what, are you having to go Neil or something? No. <laughs> he said, um, Heard Blakey say in a recent pod about Bruno Manga living in a hotel all this time at Cardiff. Mm. I'm aware of at least two other Cardiff players who have been here some time and in the same situation. Others not living in the area. Is it an issue at this level and is it similar with other clubs? Massive issue for me. Did you ever do that? I always lived, uh, I didn't live in the town I played in, but I always lived within 45 minutes drive of it. So when I was at Bolton and Blackburn, I lived in Cheshire. Um, and when I went to Wolves, I lived in, stayed in Cheshire and there used to be a carpool of us, about four or five of us. And then my final season at Wolves, we were gonna to move to Pershaw and then move on back home to Wales because we, I was coming to retirement age and what have you. But while you're up there and yeah, I think you need to... I'd understand if someone said, I'm going to live, play for Cardiff City and live in Bristol, mm. Monmouth. You know, not far, an hour from the ground, out from training. I think within an hour, fine, bandy. Um, but... You know, living in a hotel. It's a foreign place. It's great for the first week, but then boredom is the killer. Yeah, it's absolute boredom kicks in. You just go out and spend money. You go out walking the town. You buy things that you don't really need. You just buy <laughs> stuff because you're bored. You know what I mean? So for me, and it's, I, I always say like Cardiff should be selling the area. So link up with a couple of the estate agents around and right, have houses that we want rent 
Mm. Uh, players will want to rent in places, whether it's some might want to live in like a witch church, um, some might want to live in King Coyd, some might want to live, you know, Vailig and Morgan, some might want to live in Brecon, you know, have uh, an array of places, town and country, where people can, you know, live. Chepstow, another place, nice place to live, you know, Omega, whether you like country, whether, this is not London, so you're not going to get a mad big city living, but you can live in Cardiff City, it's a beautiful city, mm. it's got everything going for it, so there's plenty, it's, but you've got to have those links as a club to the estate agents, and it's not difficult. Most of the stage agents would fall over themselves to, to work with Cardiff City, mm. right? So you're going to need rent houses that, uh, a list of houses that players will look at to buy, city and country, apartment, house, and the same then that they would want to rent or available to rent. But, you know, the quickest thing you need to do is if I saw you on a five-year deal, I tell you, you got six to eight weeks maximum to get in the house, and I'll help you, we'll help do that. So afternoons, if you're Bakuna, say you sign a five-year deal, afternoons and you're living in, you know, Reading, that's too far away, you need to move closer. Where do you want to go? M4 Corridor? Okay, no problem. Or from Bristol, sort of Chepstow, down the M4 Corridor. Certain places you can go left and right, or you can stay on the corridor itself. Mm. But you help them integrate, and you get their families, their kids, they're settled into schools, what have you, what have you, as quickly as possible. So then you as the player, all you need to focus on is playing, training, playing, training. Everything else taken care of. Comprehensive answer. Cheers, Blakey. Right, well, that's the end of Ask Blakey. Thank you so much for, for all your questions. Um, a lot of them. We try to get through as many as we can. There was still a few left unanswered. But now we come to predictions just to finish off for the FA Cup game this weekend. And Paul, I'm going to come to you first. I think... It'll be another draw and another replay. <laughs> oh, please, no. And I can see the replay going all the way to penalties as well. So, Long-term prediction, that one. Ah, that is a great prediction. Yeah. If that happens. <laughs> 180 yeah. minutes of yeah. prediction. Yeah. Um, I can... It might even be nil-nil on, on Saturday. It might even be nil-nil. Nil-nil, mm. 1-1, no, no, something like that. Our away forming, great. So-so. We've had you know, two decent wins away from home, but... We've not had a great away form. Um, Reading are a better team now. We don't take into account the game and start of the season, but they did do us fair and square. Mm -hmm. I think we'll struggle up there. I think it's the perfect opportunity for the manager also afterwards to say, listen, we're focusing on the league, so blah, 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 blah. It's a ready-made excuse, so I'd say we'll probably go down 2-1, 2 nil, something like that. 2-1, maybe 3-2. Exciting game, I think it'll be. I think we'll get a goal or two. I'll, uh, or Tomlin to get a goal or two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll balance her up there. I'm saying, only joking, strikers. I'm in your union. Come on, I pay my fees. I'll, I'll balance her up by saying a 1 0 Cardiff City away win. That'd be nice. A rarity, but somebody nice. has to go for it. 3 0 would be beautiful, wouldn't it? It would be nice. Avenge the 3 0 defeat down there. 3 0 and, you know, half decent 90 minutes. Mm. Yeah, not a good 45 or whatever. 45 just a, a good show a decent show fingers crossed come on blues thank you once again for listening and, and thanks again for the questions make sure you keep up to date with all the latest Cardiff City news at Wales Online <laughs>